You're listening to Travel Bubble with me, Matty Dias. The world's locked down and travelling isn't really an option. So I thought, why not do the next best thing and talk about it? From living all over the world to working as a tour guide, I've seen some amazing places and met some great people. Each week, I'll speak to globetrotters and industry professionals about their travel bubble choices to provide you with post-lockdown inspiration and top travel tips. Hello and welcome to Travel Bubble, wherever you are in the world. Episode 13. Unlucky for some, but not unlucky for you because it's a good episode, even if I do say so myself. Today's episode is with Jake Lawrenson. You may know him as a photographer. I know him as a photographer and a friend. We've travelled all over the world together and um, from Asia to America and everywhere in between and I knew he was going to have some good travel bubble choices to share and he didn't disappoint. This episode was actually recorded back in November 2020 and I thought it was so good why not save it to episode 13? So that's what I've done. It's a, it's a really fun episode. We talk about food a lot. We share some of our travel tales of where we've been together. And Jake talks all about his choices and some good stories and some good things in there. You may have seen that I've shared some of his photography uh, this week on our social media. So do check those out. Um, and I will share some more later this week about some of the things that Jake will talk about in this episode. If you want to support the podcast, you can like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, share the episodes with people who you think might like them, give us a five-star rating on Apple, and if you wanted to make like a financial donation, you just send me cash in an envelope. That would be great. Just let me know, I'll give you my address, and you can just send me cold hard cash. That would be fantastic. Join me at the end for the Travel Bubble Film Club, and more general travel bubble chat but without further ado episode 13 Japanese egg butties with my good friend Jake Lawrenson so welcome Jake welcome to travel bubble thank you very much it's lovely to be here thanks for thanks for uh, giving me your time and being here as you know travel bubble is like a, a travel podcast so before we start jake i just want to uh, establish your traveling credentials why why are you even a guest on travel bubble well i was kindly invited um so <laughs> <laughs> um, my i've probably over the last i'd say 15 years done a fair amount of traveling um it probably started out kind of through college and then in, during uni times just um, with sort of backpacking trips around Europe or a couple of family holidays where we went to another one, actually, like a camper van trip through Europe. And then we did seven weeks around America. So some fairly like hefty trips. Um, okay, then, so who yeah, was that with? The, the, the one that we did the seven weeks in the US, um, that was with my dad and then another family. So there was six of us in a camper van and then um a couple of people flew out and met us during that trip um one guy flew into um i can't actually i think it might have been like 
Dallas or somewhere like that. Um, picked up a Harley Davidson and then rode up and met us and then just followed nice. us for a few days. So there was a couple of days sat on the back of a Harley while everyone else was in the camper van. Um, That's really cool, isn't it? That was a, that was a good one. Um, yeah, and then, and then sort of when I started working, um, the company I work for look after a fairly big region across like Europe and the Middle East. So there was a good few work trips um, with sort of during those like working years, which I'm still in the middle of. That sounds like I finished that. I've not moved on to something else. You're retired. Um, I am, I'm announcing my retirement now, actually. That's actually why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's it, really. And then, so you've travelled a fair bit and you've been to a fair few places. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So you three countries in your travel bubble, have you got them in any particular order? No, I haven't, actually. Um, no, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure how, how you'd like me to deliver these. I've got, uh, as I say, yeah, three, three places and then the wild card. Um, is there any particular order you want to... No, no, I'll let you go first. I'll, I'll let you just go for it, Jake. Do you want to start with your country number one? Okay, so I'm going to go. I'm, I've actually got them written on three pieces of card here. Uh, not card. Actual card? Actual cards. Yeah, prompters. Yeah, um, right. I'm going to go alphabetical order because I can't decide which one otherwise. Okay. So, so first one is India. Oh, okay. A big one. Literally big. It is. It's huge. Again, that's that's another one of those reasons why I chose it is just the absolute size of it um, and the variety and just, yeah, a ton of different things. But so I've, I realized actually as I was going through these, um choices the three that i've picked i've actually been to twice for each one so okay i've uh, I've ticked off a little bit of each but still still more so i think that's a good sign that i've been once and then fancied it again like enough to go back that's that's, an ideal travel bubble destination yeah hopefully third time's not rubbish yeah so when did you go to india and like the first two times i went to india the first time with a a mate who i went to primary school with and then high school and I think we'd e- equally done bits of travel here and there, um, but never had sort of a big trip um, sort of away from family or uh, like European type trips. And um, yeah. it was, so it was 2011, so I was probably just, just 20 maybe. And it was my first time in Asia. So I went, went big and bold with the first one, I think. Um, and I was, I was trying to think why we'd picked uh, India, and I, I really don't know because it was it, it wasn't somewhere that I knew a great deal of people had been to or had heard a great deal of like in t- sort of direct recommendations. But um, yeah, we went for it and didn't really plan a great deal. Just sort of, I think we flew in, flew into Delhi, landed, um, and immediately I think we landed at like five in the morning. And then got a train straight out of Delhi because I don't know that was as far as we planned. Um, so that was our our whole thing, and we, we had three weeks sort of doing the okay golden triangle type route. Yeah, and that's so that was your first trip, and then you went back. You went back like a couple of years ago, was it last year? Yeah, so even. it would have been twenty eighteen. So um, me and then um, a mate of ours, Josh, um, we went. That was our first stop. 
So we both had sort of sabbaticals from work um, and then flew from Manchester straight into um, Mumbai, which is bonkers. Um, and that was our, yeah, that was our first stop on our sort of, on our 12 months of holiday. Okay. So like you say, India is like really big. You've been there twice, probably not even touched the surface of it. But what, um, why did you end up choosing it? Um, yeah, definitely left me, as you say, didn't, don't touch the surface of it. it. Weirdly, I think once you, once you're there, you sort of look at a map and you're like, we'll just nip up here. We'll nip down there. And I think partly because it's so big and partly because the transport isn't brilliant or it's a bit slow, it just takes ages to get anywhere. Um, so I think very much you could, you could spend weeks and weeks there many times and just still see something different. Um, but yeah, uh, I just loved it. The first first time we got there, we so the first trip we flew in, went straight to the train station, um, and then this train pulled up. And I, I'm gonna say about seven hundred thousand people got off this train. <laughs> at least, <laughs> and it was just at least, and there was people jumping off the roof, climbing out a window. It was just just mental, just like an like experience. Cliche, never, like you, like you, um. Like you see that are those trains packed with people on the roofs yeah. and everything. Yeah, and people. So the, the, I've got a few photos um, of like a row of about fifty guys with huge. I think it must have been like bags of rice just on their heads, all getting off at the same spot. And like, a, I don't know what how they've all come off that same train, and <laughs> and just every, every single door was the same. And this train's yeah. like a kilometer long. It's just, yeah, it, it's all the cliches and just... And that was one of your first of, days there? That was, I think that was about 40 minutes after we got off the flight. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to India. Yeah. And we were both just sat on the floor at the side of the train, just like, oh my, this is, this is mental. This is absolutely bonkers. And it's 40 degrees and it's seven in the morning. Um, yeah, it was a bit like a, yeah, just to, to see it all straight away. Um, it was pretty full on. But yeah, it's just like all round balmy, cool place. Would you say it's the best place you've ever been? Or, or another best? Would you say it's the maddest place you've ever been? Um, in certain ways, yeah, I, I, I definitely would have. Um, I'd have said it was the best place I've been to until I went to one of these other choices. Um, okay. Just because it's just, it, I think the, how intense it is. Um, you can be in what you you'd see as like a little village. Or you can you can go out into the middle of nowhere, and there's just still so much happening. If you look in any direction, something bonkers or something that you've not seen before is going to happen, no matter <laughs> where you are. It just seems to just be just a huge, intense, like melting pot of just stuff going on. So, was there anything there that was like particularly stands out in your mind as like really strange or really weird? Happen anything that happens to you there? Um, yeah, well, yeah, actually there was when we were in, um, this is, so what I was going to say is one of the, the best things we did in India and it was on this, this second trip, um, we, we hired, um, these electric scooters and not sort of like the electric scooters you had when you were a kid and jumping off curbs, but like a, yeah. an actual motorbike type, um, electric scooter. And so we hired these and we were in this place called Hampi. And if you imagine Hampi is this bizarre otherworldly place where it's all 
sandy and um there's these massive like enormous big boulders and it's not a hilly or like not a mountainous region or anything that you're is basically the in capital of india it is the absolute bouldering capital of india <laughs> i you know what i mentioned Josh has actually been on the podcast you know and okay india was his first country on his in his travel bubble right okay yeah that's interesting isn't it how's so that that is mad that's two for two with India. That is it's, it's getting a good rep. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the, this place, Hampi, it, as you say, Boulder in capital, I'd never really heard of it. A load of other people who you kind of pass your route on when you meet in and say, oh, it's Hampi, you get quite a lot of blank faces. Um, but I mentioned it to a guy in, uh, who I work with who's a climber. Um, I don't know yeah. if he's actually done it out of the country, but he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know it well. Like, why do you know this okay. little town in India? So it's obviously a famous place, but um, so as I say, like this place is amazing and the landscape's just crazy. It's like um, like the Flintstones type setup, just big boulders and rocks. Looks like a film set. Yeah. Um, and so we're riding through the town and we wanted some food, and um, so we pull into this little, I won't say a village. There's about twenty little sort of houses. And um, one of them just says cafe. So we go in there. Um, and it's weird. I don't, know, yeah, I don't know how this has come out as my, my first story of India, but you can see that it's yeah. stayed with me. Um, and it, we go in and get this the food and um, the lady comes out. And there's nobody else in there, which probably a sign we should have not carried on <laughs> eating her, but we yeah. went for it because there's nowhere else. And... Um, and there's these monkeys all climbing round and running across the ceilings of these like uh, corrugated iron roofs. So banging around and the lady keeps coming out, chasing them out with a big stick and a tarly plate, just like a, a big drum chasing them off. Yeah. And then, um, and then we both see this, this one run out of the bushes and we both look at this little monkey, like me and Josh, and then look at each other and look at it again. And then, we didn't speak for probably another five minutes after it because we were both trying to work out what we'd just seen. But it's its arm had been like it was it was basically it was just eating its own arm, and it's one of the <laughs> grimmest things that I've ever seen. It's and it had it was it, it was one of those just mad experiences um, where she's just sort of looking at it, and yeah, it's just just bizarre. Just a was she experience. was she shocked by it? Not in any way at all. She's just sort of shooing them off like it's, I don't even know what our equivalent, our equivalent would be wasps. If you're sat in a beer garden and it's just like, oh, go away. And yeah, she was just it, like that with, with these 700 little, I think like macaque monkeys, just trying to shoo them off. But, I'm sure you showed yeah. me a photo or someone sent me a photo of the monkey, the cannibal yeah. monkey when you, uh, when you were there. <laughs> but yeah. have, you, have, you still, have you still got a photo of it? I, I, it must be somewhere. I've got a photograph in my head that I see every time I close my eyes. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a, it was weird, but that day though was just brilliant. Just riding round um, this mad bouldery town, just on these scooters. Okay, it was, it was so a cool experience that ties in with one of one of the travel bubble questions. If someone was gonna, was going to add India to their travel bubble, what would be yeah. the one thing or the one? activity that they should do while they're there i think this one was another one of those where i had had two two options and it would be it was a it was a bit of a toss-up between hiring scooters and riding around 
the sort of middle of nowhere. But yeah. I remembered another one from the first time I went that was something that I just never really experienced and it was just amazing. We um we went to Varanasi. So we did this oh, okay. golden triangle bit and we sort of we had an extra stop. So the golden square. Um but we went to obviously Varanasi that's a famous place because it's where all the Hindus take their sort of relatives once they've passed away. Um and then put their ashes into the Ganges. And um okay. so what what we did is we booked you do all the usual walking tour stuff that was amazing and it's uh, when you say India's intense, it's kind of across the board it's just intense, but Varanasi was like another level of just intensity for some reason. I think it's, more mad than Mumbai. Um maybe a little bit. It it yeah. well, Mumbai is obviously I guess city, so it's it, it probably similar in places. I think because Varanasi is quite compact and small and it's all really old little lanes that you're walking down. So Okay, so like the intensity yeah. is like amplified. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of feels like it's sort of on top of you a little bit. Um where yeah, Mumbai is clearly is absolutely just crazy place and so busy in terms of traffic and noise and, and all of that stuff. But there's little bits of respite a little bit in not not necessarily central Mumbai, but it felt like you could get away a little bit at times. Yeah. Uh, uh was just nuts, but well the the good bit was that and it's it was it's a weird experience, but it was amazing. Um at night you have they have these um what would you call them? Sort of these big uh like religious um what would the phrase be? Um, oh, it's sorry. It's like a it's ceremonies. So there are these big okay. re- religious ceremonies that go up, go on all along the Ganges, uh, like the riverbank. So as part of a lot of the tours, what you do is you get a boat. So there'll be your tour guide, and then a couple of you on these um, like long boats. So yeah. you just sail up and down, and pull up outside these ceremonies that are going on um, outside these huge, big sort of houses of worship. And there's massive fires happening, which are separate to the stuff that's obviously happening with the um, the what do you call it the ceremonies, um, the fu- yeah, the funeral bits. But these are like massive ceremonies that are big, just religious events where there's music going on, big fires, people speaking, and you just kind of sail up and down the Ganges in the and it obviously. And so there's more than one going on, like every like. A few hundred meters kind of thing or yeah yeah so it's just for the length of the gang well obviously probably not the entire length of the place but um yeah for goes on for miles um and right. there's these big steps from steps from these houses of worship that go down to the water that all the people walk down and bathe in it um but yeah it's just just for as long as you can see just these like flames up to the sky and these ceremonies and at the same okay. time, everyone's lighting candles, putting them out on the Ganges, so it's just all illuminated, which is a it's like a festival a every night, kind of like a yeah, like a yeah, literally every night. from literally from sunset, just yeah, every night. So I think, okay, I think so that's, that's one you probably have to see. Okay, so that's the must do in India. What about the must eat in India? What is, is there any dishes that stick in your mind? Um, 
Yeah, this is. <laughs> it sounds like a bit of a cop out answer. This one, but I'm sticking with it. Um, it would be. So when we were in Hampi, actually, we were eating them every day, and it was just a big tarly. So, um, yeah, essentially, essentially, just a big round platter with load of little bowls and a little tasters um, split. And it, it's how most people seem to eat the um, indifferent sort of setups. But you get like what we were eating was butter chicken, um, tarkadal, and then pickles, rice. Um, obviously bread and then you know, like curried cauliflower and all that type of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Massive, basically a feast. So you just get a tally and you've got like the best of everything on one plate. Yeah. Yeah. So you just get 10 different little, little, little bits rather than. That's the best way to eat, isn't it really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all of the perks of going to like a tapas place and getting all the sharers. But you don't actually have to share it. You just get it to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's ideal. Sounds, uh, someone should come up with that concept. You should. That's like, <laughs> for one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just... it, I think every every plate should always be served like this. Yeah, it should. All of the tasters. And then on that, though, the one thing that would definitely have to be on it, and um, me and Josh had them on our first probably afternoon in Mumbai, was uh, Pani Pori. I don't know if you've had What's those. That? It's like a, a round, it's not a poppadom, but it's like a round hollow shell. Um, and then what you do is you chop the top off, like you'd chop off a boiled egg. Um, and then you put like tamarind chutney in it. Um, and then it's chat masala, so chickpea masala, liquid juice. It's just, and then you put yeah. your mouth in one. I know, yeah. which, I know what you mean. They do it in uh, Mowgli. Mowgli, they call them chat okay. bombs. Yeah, and they yeah, do, so they, same, they're doing really meal. well. So good. Mm. Yeah. So if you want yeah, to get so that replicated, you can head to Mowgli. Okay, I can do that. Um, and see, see well, if I, can go, I can go to India now, can I? India's on my list oh. now, so... Yeah, you can go can to India as many times as you want. <laughs> 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 now so I've been given permission. Yeah, so that's that's your first country, Jake. Is there anything else you'd like to say about India? Um, I think one really... Cool little experience actually in Hampi that we had. Um, so let's say me and Josh were riding around on these electric scooters. And um, yeah, so I think we were just sort of going off on little weird roads and losing each other every now and again. And um, I don't know where Josh had gone, but I'd, I'd stopped, I think, just to take a photo of these paddy fields and palm trees and boulders. And um, so I heard someone shouting in the distance. I was looking around and the only people you could see was like, couple of farmers miles away. Yeah. Basically, like two, two football pitches away, it felt like, um, with a load of goats. And he just kept, this one bloke just kept shouting me and waving. And I couldn't tell if he was wanted to be my best mate or he really hated me. Um, <laughs> so, so I kind of like stayed there for a bit, just trying to work out what was going on, just a little wave back. And then he walked over to this goat and picked it up by its feet literally chucked it over his shoulders and then ran across this field just in my direction. I, yeah. like, I, I don't know what's going on here. And he, <laughs> he probably ran the length of two football pitches and got to me. And he literally just held the goat out like it with a pose. And I'll show you the picture. Um, and just did this massive big grin and just showed me his goat because he wanted his oh. picture taken. And that was oh, it. Okay. He literally just, just wanted a photo taken because he'd seen me stop to take pictures. And then... Wow. 
yeah, just just cool, mad experiences like that. I think is why. Yeah, one of, one of those India moments. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, luckily it's an all right photo as well. I didn't mess it up. Class. So have you got the photo like in a frame or anything? No, um, I've um, I've got a couple of photos that I need to frame. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> ghost only had one eye. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to frame yeah. that, do you? Like a, no, like no a... it's a nice memory. Yeah. <laughs> like the monkey. <laughs> oh, that one again. Uh, I'll come back to the monkey every time. Yeah. So, Jake, that was country number one. What about country number two on your travel bubble list? Okay. Okie doke. I'm going to, right, I'll stick with alphabetical order. Um, and number two is Japan. Oh, I, I thought you'd say Japan. I had a feeling you'd Did say you? Japan. Yeah. Okay. That was an interesting thing, actually. I was going to say, can I have you guess before I start? But yeah. oh, okay. Would you have got India? Uh, no. I would have said Japan. Hmm. And that's it. Just Japan. Okay. Just three times. Japan and Scotland. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so okay. I'm looking forward to the third in the wild card. That's that's the okay. only um, maybe China, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. It can't be China now because unless you spell China with a, a K. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. well worked out. That was that was mm. good going. That yeah, um, yeah. So number two is definitely Japan. Um, and again, like like I said before, I've, so I've been to these places twice, um, and. This is the country where once I'd been to India, well, sorry, I'd been to India. That was my absolute favourite, and then I went to Japan, and it's just nudged it out. Um, and it's it's taken the top place. So I'm look, I'm lucky. I've, I've been to Japan, so I can talk to you about to you about Japan. I, okay. I love Japan as well. I I yeah. definitely could live in Japan. It's definitely okay. for a spell anyway. I love it. Yeah. What year did you go? Uh don't know probably about 2000 <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know no. 2016 <laughs> okay maybe yeah 17. i think you, you went before i did didn't you because there was a few recommendations you had yeah yeah definitely they, they, yeah. um get to them in a minute I'd yeah. so, um, why is it on your list um japan's on my list i think because so i went i went in 2016 for the first time um and I think it's you, you get a vibe when you're just walking around and it's just easy and very seemingly sort of simple way of life and um, an easy place to just sort of walk into. At no point in time did I ever feel like I shouldn't really be somewhere or I shouldn't walk down a certain street um, or I need to be a bit sort of cautious of where I'm going. It was just very yeah, easy safe. going. Yeah, absolutely felt safe. In in places that I'd kind of ended up in by just getting off a train or I'd just walked round and kept walking round various corners and ended up somewhere. Yeah, at no point did I think I shouldn't really be here. This is a bit iffy. Um yeah, I just absolutely loved it. What would you say your favourite place in Japan was you went to? Um, it's a tough one. I think similarly to India because 
it's not it's obviously not as big but the the places I've been to have been massively varied so as an example I absolutely love Tokyo and the it's obviously enormous itself um, yeah but then but then you can get on the train and go to Kyoto and it goes from being brand spanking new and um high tech to then get into Kyoto and it's like ancient sort of buildings and the complete opposite end um but then I think so I went to the second time when I went um the back end of last year I went to um Hiroshima and Osaka yeah. and I, I absolutely loved Hiroshima it's just a obviously all the history is one side of it but then another just you just walk around the streets and it's just a really cool place yeah I agree. I went. I did like Osaka, Kyoto, then like the the Japanese Alps. I can't think of what they what what they call it. Um, yeah, then yeah. down to Tokyo, and then like Fuji, around like Mount Fuji. Yeah. And yeah, like you Fuji's say, it's, amazing, it's, isn't it? Yeah, I think in Fuji, what made it particularly good was we met up with that guy. You you either you told me to get in touch with, or your dad told me to get in touch with. Yeah. The, the guy from yeah. Billinge, which is like the, the village near us, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. he just happens to live in, like right near the base of Mount Fuji, basically, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's got a very cool, um, cool setup. I so similarly, I hadn't, I didn't meet him the first time I went over, but I went at the back end of this year. Uh, sorry, last year, um, and I had two, two or three nights um, at Chris's. I stayed at his house, and. Um, he basically said, "You hopefully that in the morning it'll be a clear day, um, because if it is, you'll have a bloody amazing view out that window." So I think it was six o'clock in the morning, and I was sleeping on his um, living room floor, and I just happened to wake up, and um, the sun was beaming through the like the window. So I opened the blinds, and literally outside of his balcony, like or his um, yeah, the other the opposite side of his balcony, just Mount Fuji there in all its glory, literally outside that window. Um, so that's his, that's his view from his bedroom as well as I, his living room. He, just... he takes some amazing photos, doesn't, doesn't he? His, um, yeah. his Instagram is worth following, like just for like his photos of Japan. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah he drives, drives around Mount Fuji uh, like all the time, flies his drone around there. I think uh, he had an interesting one when it was, they were saying that he'd, he'd had a call from, um, or been introduced to James May's producer because James May was filming something in um, in Japan and wanted to do a segment on Mount Fuji. So he yeah. was he was basically became like a, a guide for James May and his production company. That's cool, isn't it? That that's that, like yeah. a fixer, like a local fixer. That's what I like. Um, Anthony yeah. Bourdain would do it. Yeah. He'd get his local fixer, yeah. and that seems to make the best way of of seeing a country and getting in with the locals yeah. and doing things that you wouldn't do. Otherwise, like he took us to a couple of cool bars that we'd never have gone to, like, mm. and they were just some of the best food. What do you call them? Like the Japanese food on sticks? Can't think um, of the yakitori. Called. Yeah, he took us to one of those places, yeah. and it was just, and he just ordered yeah. everything, and it was unbelievable. Like, it's a yeah. really good feast. I loved it. It is. Yeah, it, I think there's there's obviously everyone knows certain bits of Japanese food, but I think unless you're with somebody who speaks Japanese or knows it inside out, you could end up with absolutely anything. 
but it's just it's yeah, so like, much better when there's somebody there to serve for you to choose. Yeah, one, one of one of our best feasts was I um what I used what I usually do or what I I, I I did do is I try and get in touch with like local running clubs in like foreign in yeah. foreign places or new places, and then you go I'm, I'm a runner I'm just in your town can I come and join you for a run or whatever, and there was one in Kyoto yeah. and it was like okay. It wasn't really a club, but there was like a few people. And okay. this woman was like, yeah, come and join us. And she got a few of her friends and a couple of other people. And just, we all went around running around Kyoto. I, and the, the route itself was like really cool. Like just all the back streets and places that I never would have found. And then she said, what are you doing after? Do you want to come to my house? And then we'll go out for dinner. So we went out for dinner um, with a, a couple of other people. And they just ordered everything like there's a there's a photo of this table with maybe about 40 dishes on and it was nice. unreal it was so good and like yeah. they just like they were just really happy to show us around and take us out and like introduce us to the um like this side of Kyoto that i never would have seen if it wasn't for like running basically um yeah i'm being like reaching out to this running club but like, it turned out to be one yeah. of the best nights we had it is good, that isn't it? It is perfect when you can be shown around and you sort of you don't have to Google top five things to do in such a city, or you have to go through a lonely planet book. It is nice when you can be sort of shown around and shown a bit of a, a different side of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what would you say would would be the must do activity for people in Japan? Um, so this one's probably it applies to me and what I. My probably one of my favourite parts of being in Japan is because I'm Nicking, I'm into photography. Oh, <laughs> just pushing oh. them over. Yeah, not <laughs> not nicking them, just pushing them over. Um, it, yeah, it's so because I'm into photography. Um, it's just street photography. So I've been I've been twice, as I say, and in the probably three weeks I've spent there, I must have five thousand photographs, just because. Because too many that, isn't it? Street it is too many. I've not done anything with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but be, I probably will. Uh just gonna get the monkey loads of times. Um <laughs> but yeah, because it's because it's so varied and um just because I think kind of because it's laid back, there's there's times where I imagine taking doing a lot of street photography here or the US or in, in certain countries, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a bit of a, it, you, you get some glares. Whereas in, um, in Japan, I think because so many people do it and photography is such a, a big thing, um, it just, the, well, partly that and partly because there's just so much going on and it's such a sort of weird and wonderful place. Um, walking, walking the streets aimlessly and, photographing them has been the thing that I've done the both the two times I've been there and stumbled across some crazy, weird, amazing things in, in sort of the process of it. What would, if you had to ch- choose one city to go on your like, photography walking tour, which one would it be? Um, I think it'd be Osaka. So, cause I went, I went there this time and, um, cause it's, it's got some of the, the cool old buildings and the sort of, um, not necessarily ancient stuff, but older sort of um, streets and a good a good mix of that, and then the huge neon line streets, um, and the 
the markets, the, there's just like miles and miles of sort of walking markets and shopping centers and just quirky characters. So that's the, the biggest one is just the, the variety of people. Yeah, I liked Osaka because it didn't seem like, obviously it's, it seemed like it would be modern in like the 70s or the 60s, but now yeah. it seems to have like not kept up with the time. So like all the neon light to look like, look a bit old, but like to us, yeah. well, to me anyway, that's really cool. That's the kind of thing that I want to see. Like that big, that, that yeah. big running man um, on the side of that yeah, building. The like, man, is it? Yeah, that's what I'm just thinking of in my head. And I just, I, I did like Osaka because it, and it seemed like not, it probably, it probably is massive, but it seemed like small enough to like, walk around the center and get used to it. Whereas Tokyo, yeah. oh, obviously I love Tokyo, but Osaka was much more manageable. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, and the food in Osaka is brilliant as well. There's, um, an octopus yeah, ball thing. Think so. What are yeah, they called? Economy yaki. Yaki. Economy yaki. Eco- yeah, yeah. There's ta- taco yaki, I think, is the little, the round ones. And then economy yaki is the pancakes. Yeah, the pin, the pe- like Japanese pizza thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the dish of, um, Hiroshima. And it's, it's like, it's like eating a whole hot pot. It's absolutely just huge. The most filling thing in the world. I think a lot, a lot of people have got this the vision of Japanese food as being like ultra healthy because of obviously sushi and fresh fish. And at the same time, there's so much fried stuff, so much yeah. fried stuff, so much heavy. And it, it's, and that's why it's great because you can get, you can get them all. Um, I think I was into a bit of a, Anthony Bourdain spell before I went to Japan and he has got a really good episode in Osaka. So I just went around trying all the dishes that he tried when he was in Osaka okay. and it wasn't a bad thing to do. Like yeah. some of the dishes that if, um, if I would have saw him in the streets before I saw the documentary, I might not have tried them. Like, like, like mm. the Oppenyaki. I love squid, but I just yeah. don't like the idea of like squid in little like pancake balls, but they're, they're really good. Yeah, um, they are. Especially only you get, you get them like in a tray of 12 as well. Yeah. And you're and like, you can't yeah, eat them, can can you? Lose, but you can <laughs> you very, very quickly. Yeah. yeah. You just so sit what, in the what, market with a, with a beer. Yeah, class. And like the the um, big fish market in Tokyo as well, where you can just yeah literally just get tuna and all the best sushi yeah. you've ever seen in your life just on tap. Yeah. Did you go to the Did you go to the morning um, sushi sale? Uh, sorry, the tuna sale. I didn't, you know, we. It's a bit too oh. early for me, that really. <laughs> I did. I was the same. I, lo- I, I did want to. I, like, I, ah, mm, I had every early. intention of doing it, but then you have to get up at like four in the morning, don't you? And even then, you're not guaranteed. To, no, you you basically need to be well because the markets move now. Like they, that one's like end of an era. They've gone to a new site that's oh, okay. It's a lot bigger and um, dafter. Um, but yeah, the that old one. Yeah, you used to have to. Then you get 50 people in um, and it was um, four o'clock. You had to be there just to get a ticket. And then like the first 30 people were allowed in. Yeah, exactly. So I just didn't want to take the risk. I'd rather stay in bed, just watch on telly. (laughs) But but that being said, what would be your um, number one food to have in Japan if you were going to go back? Right. This is, I I wouldn't say controversial, but... um, Walker's crisps. 
it's not far off. Hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you could. Like, I think we've, Is it an egg we've mentioned. A, you, you stole my thunder. <laughs> it's an egg butter. <laughs> I knew it. How good the egg butter is made. <laughs> yeah, it is the egg butter, the absolute famous egg butter. They're the best. They're the best you're gonna get ever. So I, I based this decision on when I was there last. What did I eat most? And maybe some people will think depressingly, um, but I don't. I'm all for it. Um, egg butties. So what I kind of did when I was there last was. Um, we had a Lawson's in the hotel that I was staying in. So yeah. Lawson's, the convenience store. And I basically had what I'd like to call a Lawson's meal deal, um, which which I think has got legs. So egg sandwich, which for anyone who doesn't know is um, like just the, the best eggs. Like Japan <laughs> just does things better. Just the, the best eggs on the best um, crust-free white bread. Yeah. It's not really bread. It's like borderline Bar. cake. Yeah, it's it is yeah. It probably floats. It definitely floats, but um <laughs> and then um QP mayonnaise, which is just the best mayonnaise you can get. So it's three ingredients and the best of those ingredients. Um yeah, and it's I think about one pound ten. Um yeah. so so that's the so best thing you can get. Well, was in your meal deal. Just like just three so, of them. <laughs> just yeah, just three of those. <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah, you know, you probably do need two though. So obviously you get yeah. you get two little ones, but maybe maybe double that up. Um this other one is a bit of a weird one, and you I think it's partly Thai, but um I only found this out afterwards, but there's loads of them in every um 7-Eleven and Lawson's in Japan. And it's shredded, a packet of dried shredded squid. Okay. Does that, does that mean anything to you from, um, like, a, as a, a, a snack in Well, the, Thailand? the in Thailand, you have a lot of, like, street vendors who would sell dried squid, like the flattened dried, like, squid or cuttlefish. Okay. Like, on a stick? Um, on a stick or, like, just completely dried out, so it's a bit like leather, like, really fishy okay. leather. Um, not, <laughs> and that's what I want. <laughs> that's what you have in your meal deal. Instead of some bites. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just bored of boots. Just <laughs> yeah. um, no. So it's it's I I have had those ones as well. And but this one, it's like kind of like beef jerky, but a lot softer. And you can kind of shred it like so, a floss, like a. Is that like a floss? Yeah, it, it's more like that. So it's it's and it's really sweet. Not it's not a something you'd eat sort of instead of sweet. Mm. Um, but it's sweet rather than bitter or anything like that. And it's it's white in colour and you can kind of peel it a bit like beef jerky. Okay. Um, yeah, n- I know that doesn't sell it very well. Um, but I did bring about eight packets of it home with me. Did you? Um, yeah, I'm yeah, with you on the egg butties. But I think I just can't okay. even picture it in my head, so I'll have to try and find a photo yeah. of it for in the in the show notes or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to do that because it. I did. I tried to search, and supposedly it's a it's a Southeast Asian thing more okay. than anywhere. Um, and what you drink? What are you drinking right. in your meal deal? So uh, it's whether you want to call this a drink, but imagine it's called Coolish Ice Cream. I don't know if you had one of those when you were there. I can't remember. So it's like a bit like a Capri Sun, 
Um, so it's in a pouch and it's like a frozen yogurt type thing and it's vanilla flavored and yeah. it is absolutely amazing. Um, right, sounds good. I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to accept that some people might not like the shredded squid, but if anyone's got a bad word about Coolish ice cream, <laughs> they're lying. They've not tried it. So would you have it like a milkshake? Like let it, let it melt a bit? Yeah. Yeah. So you, it's in this like squeezy pouch. So you sort of squish it up a little bit if it's too frozen and then it gets a bit, a bit softer and then you sort of just drink it. Um, it oh, is, sounds good. It's good. Yeah. But that's yeah, a good one. I'm it's definitely in like a with you on, pouch. I'm definitely with you on the egg butties. I, okay. I was the same, like you went on the, on the go, you just grab a, grab a sandwich and they're just, they're just really good, aren't they? And yeah. I see, yeah. I seem to remember they had like potato salad sandwiches. Does that, does that ring a bell? Is that right? Yeah. 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 And, yeah, I, and again, those as well. like, cause you get like three packs, so it'd be like two egg and one potato and mm-hmm. it's like, they're really good. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. It, yeah. I felt a little bit bad saying egg sandwich out of all of the food of Japan. Um, but I'm sticking with it. Yeah, So, because it's my meal deal as well, I'm going to have, and the ice cream's kind of a drink. I'm having a chocolate bar as well. And um, as you might know, Kit Kats in Japan aren't like Kit Kats in the rest of the world, in that you can just, you can basically get any flavor you want. Like, I brought, I brought about five or six packets back of yeah. these just, Random little flavored Kit Kats like wasabi, matcha. Um, there was one that's purple potato. I don't, I don't know what sure one of those is to start with. Oh, yeah, like a taro flavor. Like yeah. Um, but the one that was absolute standout when I was there is they call it a custard pudding Kit Kat. Oh, that sounds you've got me there already. <laughs> basically, a creme brulee Kit Kat. Class. So, if you imagine a four finger Kit Kat, you open it up and it's got um, like sugar crystals on the top. So the idea is you take it home, put your grill on and you put it under the grill and it crystallizes. Really? Um, and t- yeah. And turns into like a creme brulee. I, I can't vouch whether it works because I bought three to bring home and ate them on my way back. <laughs> um, what What but, is the thing yeah. with Kit Kat? Isn't it like, doesn't Kit Kat mean something like lucky or something like that? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I know that each each region's got its own sort of variety. So, if you wanted to get like the full collection of Kit Kats, you basically have to you have to travel all the way around Japan to pick up different ones. Cool. Yeah, I'm but, sure it's got yeah. something to do with lucky. I'd have to I'd have to actually look into that. But there is a reason why mm. Kit Kat is so prevalent over there. Okay. Um, so that's Japan. Is there anything else you'd like to add about Japan? Um, the, so uh, just w- one thing actually, as well as I know I said street photography for the must, must do, that's obviously mine, but I did go to one place that stuck, well, no, I went to a few, but there is one standout thing that I did when I was there last and it was in Osaka and I'd been out all day taking pictures, aimlessly wandering around, eating egg butties. Um, and I was walking back to this like Airbnb I was staying in and just down the road, like five doors down. Um, I think it was actually five doors down from the Lawson's where I was getting my egg butty. Um, but I saw this like metal plaque outside. It's like a bit of a dive bar looking place. And it just said Route 66. And it had yeah. some of those 
the those like archetypal made up street names of American bit things and yeah, yeah. Um, Harley Davidson things and like hippies use the back door type stuff. Um, so I thought I'll I'll have a drink. Uh, it's it's not that late. I'll go and have one. Um, so I walked up and I couldn't tell if it was open. So I went in and there was just one bloke looking back at me in this bar that would look like he'd basically made in his garage. Yeah. Um, but all the way around it was like 60s and 70s British and American music, um, posters and DVDs and anything music related. So I thought, all right, I'll have a drink. And um, I think I was basically in there for about four or five hours. I couldn't speak Japanese. I still can't. Um, <laughs> and this this bloke behind the bar, who he was in his 60s, um, he couldn't speak any English. But we were basically just, each of us just pointing at different bands that we had the CDs of, and he'd put the DVD on on the telly. And we were basically just sat watching BBC4 music documentaries. And you're, you're married now, aren't you? Um, yeah, yeah, we're happily. We've got two dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just a, one of those weird little bars that there was nobody else in. I don't think he actually even wanted customers. I think he just wanted somewhere to put all of his DVDs and his. Do you reckon it, 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 you'd find it again, or if it really exists? Like, if you went back to that street another time, you just wouldn't find it. Or it wouldn't be there. Yeah, I, I don't think it's there. I think it was. Someone set it up just to take my money that one night. <laughs> He's stolen some information from me that I had that I didn't know I had. Um, yeah. No, so I, I, I was the same. I went to, like, I think I told you to go to that Bob Dylan bar. Like, I'm a big mm-hmm. Bob Dylan fan. And there's one bar in up in the Japanese Alps, and it's just called the Bob Dylan bar, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Did you, did you end up going there? Yeah. Or, or was it sure? No, is it, Taki, is it Takayama? Takiyama, um, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, but they with the really old um, sort of streets. Yeah, and the wooden houses. Quite ancient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wooden houses. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't go in the end. I think I think it was shut or because I I planned it terribly the first time I went. I think I got to Takiyama at about nine at night and I was leaving the next morning, um, and I'd travelled three hours to get there. Yeah. Um, so just just stupidly basically passing through. Um, um, but I was, was going to yeah, say, I went I to those, them. like, I think it's like called Seven Streets or Golden Streets in Tokyo. And it's just like six or seven streets of like alleyways, really narrow. And there's just like hundreds of bars. And most of the bars, like they only seat three or four people. Some only mm-hmm. seat like two people. So you can look, you're lucky if you get in there and you just go and try your luck, try and get into one of these bars that seats five. And you just sit at the bar and you basically just get what you're given. And it was just right. like, like you say, like the, covered in like memorabilia. And I remember this one bar, we just kept playing like, like Aerosmith live, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or something. And it was just like me, you know, like all these old Japanese men, but it was just really cool. I really loved it. Yeah. It, it is. It, it, there's definitely a thing, isn't there? Like, like fanaticism over there. It seems like sixties, sixties music, the Beatles and the stones seem to be absolutely like revered. Um, there's just so many themed bars. Yeah, exactly. There is. Um, yeah. So you've had China, not China, you've had India no. and Japan. What is going to be your country number three, Jake?
Okay, so one one close uh, close to your heart, actually. So I've gone for Thailand for number three. Hey, I'm glad you chose that, Thailand. <laughs> I'd, I like Thailand. It's a, it is a good place. I think my, <laughs> my first experience of it was a, an interesting one, wasn't it, as you know, in that as as I was flying, I in, say now. <laughs> <laughs> um, earlier earlier than that. So when it, just as I was arriving, um, as I was flying in to Thailand from, I was coming from Dubai or somewhere. Um, I had a little news bulletin popped up to say that the is it the crown prince or it was the head of the like Buddhist the king church, monk the Buddhist, like the proper like the head king monk, monk. wasn't it. Yeah, yeah. So the head monk had passed away. Uh, the country was going into mourning for ten days, um, which I think when I was watching it, I didn't really realize what that actually meant. Um, yeah, what it would entail. I, yeah. So then, obviously, get to Bangkok, and you came and met me, um, and then sort of mentioned that that was quite a big thing, um, and that the country was pretty much going into lockdown for ten days, and that the laws change for for that period of time um but i think i think we made the most of it anyway didn't we We had a good time we did it basically just makes it very hard to get alcohol doesn't it really yeah like you have to you can't just go into a bar you have to go into a back street bar at the kind of bars that are paying off the police to keep serving alcohol um just makes life more difficult doesn't it yeah and there was a thing where obviously they're all sort of open air bars in the in most instances, but the only ones that were serving were you had to sit at the very back, didn't you? And you, you can't be seen from the window. And um, yeah, you might have like paper and bags places around not you. opening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was a weird, a weird intro. Yeah, but you still chose it on on your list. I did. Yeah, I, I think it still absolutely loved it, and that was a a good trip. And we went off to um, one of the islands, and then actually. Funnily enough, got nearly got trapped on that island forever, didn't we? Um, we did. It was I think we were on. Uh, it was Koh Samet, which is the closest island to Bangkok, okay. so you can get there very yeah. quickly from Bangkok. Yeah, yeah. Because we, I remember, we got on one of those crazy little mini buses that are um, very ropey. Um, best not to look out the front window because they were ducking and diving. Um, but yeah, when we got there, had a, a lovely couple of days, and then realised that. I think neither of us had any money or working bank cards or phones somehow. Yeah, I had lost my bank card when I first arrived. Yeah. And my bank card, I I think genuinely I'd just forgotten the pin. I entered the pin (laughs) wrong a few times. It's not like me. And we we just, we literally had no money. I think we had to survive on like two pound to get out. And then that includes paying like the tourist tax when you leave the island. And also we had to get the boat as well. So we were really on a ration, weren't we? Yeah, we were. And we we couldn't get it was something like we were trying to you were speaking to Emma to see if she could um somehow at one point we were gonna get Emma to send us some money to a stranger and ask them to go to a ATM. Um but yeah, I remember we we were walking along the beach and there was the person making the big pancakes. I can't remember what they're called. With all the yeah. like, condensed milk and, oh, so and it was like, nope, can't can't have one of those. No, I think we, we <laughs> did, but we that. had to share it. We had to share like three meals. Oh, okay. So like we had like, one pad time between us, one pancake. And I remember I rang Nat West and was like, You're gonna leave me stuck on this island 
Um, <laughs> I, I'll never be able to leave. And they were like, oh, sorry, there's nothing we can do. I was like, well, I'm just going to die on this island. And, I, and they were like, yeah, I'm afraid you're going to I was like, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Um, yeah. Also, it, while, while this doesn't sound like the best first experience to Thailand, I absolutely, I did love it. Um, it was, it's just a, a very cool, and similar to the last two, varied place. Like you go to Bangkok and you can be in the coolest swanky bars or nice fancy hotels. Um, or you can go and have your lunch in like a little shack or on a plastic seat at the side of the road. Um, I think I, that variety is, variety is a good, a good thing. Um, yeah, I think, did I take like say the like, islands as I, well. The Iron Furries bar. Yes. She's yeah, really, we went to that one. Probably one of the coolest bars in the world. And like, that's where yes, like the Thai yeah. royalty drinks. And we can go in there as normalos, still have, get a drink, get a really nice top cocktail for like eight quid. And then next minute we'll be on, sat on a plastic stool in a back alley yeah. of Bangkok having some of the best food you've ever eaten in your life. Having a beer for yeah. 50p. Yeah, we and can, I think, you like I said before, yeah, like I said, with the um, the sort of being guided round and having people who know the area, it made a massive difference, the fact that you know or you knew your places round there. Because um, otherwise, you, all you can do is Google it or obviously try and ask people, but you don't know what you're going to end up. Um, so having you there to know the places is a massive help. Yeah, it's a shame. Like everyone always ends up in um, Kosan Road, and like mm. if that's your only experience in Bangkok, then you've you've not had a good time, really. Maybe you have. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, there's, I, there's more to yeah, it. Than not, that. I never went there. Yeah, it, I think as soon as we got there, you'd said like there's there is literally no reason for you to go there. Um, so I I've missed that experience, which obviously devastated about. Um, I met you again tonight on the a couple of last year was it now or the year before 2018 um, again yeah it was 2018 so it was after we'd been to India at that time um, and then went to a few new places then we went to um, had time in Bangkok again um, and then went to Phuket and to Raleigh Beach which the fact that you can you've got the islands of Thailand as well is obviously a massive reason why why it's made it onto this list. Um, yeah. The, yeah. You lost your passport, didn't you, as well, for a, for a brief moment? Yeah. I, actually, now, I've, now we talk all this through, I've, I've not had a great time in Thailand, <laughs> have I? I remember, like, you'd, re- you'd lost it, and I was like, well, I'll stay with you. And I, as it came closer, I was like, ah, I really want to go to this. I really want to go to Rally Beach. I really do yeah. like it. And we were like, it, yeah. yeah, we went ahead, didn't we? And we were like, ah, it was me, Josh, Josh's mum and dad. And we were like, we were talking mm. about you in the airport. Like, oh, we really do like Jake. We'll, we'll miss him. Like, I hope, I hope we get sorted. <laughs> like, it was nice knowing uh, him. It was, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I, annoyingly as well, like that night before, I'd, I'd decided I wasn't having a big night. I wasn't going out doing anything. Um, I was just going to stay in and have a good kip. And, so I woke up early, went down to the pool, made most of this bloody lovely hotel we were staying in, and then came up and started packing. And I think you all came in then at about quarter to ten, um, leathered, laughing at me with my losing my passport, <laughs> but going, ah, he's got it really though. He'll find it. He'll find it. 
and then two hours later, he'll find it, but he might not. He's definitely not going to find it. Did, and you, then, did you think we'd like, hidden it as well? You must have, must have knew a bit, back of your mind. Yeah, but I think because it went on that long, it was yeah, like... Yeah, that would have been just... And to mm-hmm. the point, when, we were talk, when I was talking to reception about looking at the CCTV cameras to see if I dropped it when I was walking up to the room, then I was like, I know, I know now they would come clean and say, <laughs> actually, I've got you. I've got... I think I found it, Jake. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, by that point, I was like, oh, this has gone. And then it was like, have I been robbed? Have I taken it out? Because then the, the daft thing was that I was trying to work out, I can get a temporary passport, and they're saying it might take two weeks to get, but you only get three months on it, and you can only go to two countries. And me and Josh were two countries into a six-country trip. And yeah. we were sort of going to Australia to stay there. So I was like, I'd have, I'd have probably got as far as Singapore and then just had to stay. So it was, it was annoying. And then it was to the point where I was like, oh, I might have actually really buggered this up. Yeah, um, ruined your whole plan. What to do. Yeah, to the point where, I, do I need to go home? Like, to get a new passport? So, and then um, what happened was I was looking, um, I got my laptop out to try and onto the hotel Wi-Fi to try and find out where the police station was and what the process was. And I put my hand in my laptop bag and I was like, I know what that feels like. <laughs> and then it all came back to me. It was like like a bit on the hangover when they start to remember what happened the night yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, was like, I remember, I put it in there because it was safe because it was going to go in there. Just stupidity. And then jumped on a, jumped in a taxi straight to the airport, strolled in. Yeah, and we got to Rally Beach, didn't we, in the end? Which is it's, definitely worth visit, isn't it? Isn't it? It was. It's just yeah. like a piece of paradise, and you can only get there by boat from yeah. from Krabi. Yeah, it was. It was like, amazing, and I think you see pictures of some of the t- beaches in Thailand as well, or the islands, and they just they seem to be absolutely sort of mobbed just with hundreds of people. But it felt quite quite chilled there and I think there's only so many places to stay so it didn't seem too busy and it is like you say just in the middle of the ocean um, yeah it is paradise beautiful so what would be your like yeah. what would be a must do activity in Thailand um so must do is um it has to be street food I think okay. I know it's kind of half of another answer but um <laughs> Once, once I'd found my passport, we went down to Rally Beach, then Phuket, and then me and Josh went up to Chiang Mai at that point, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and I'd never been there. Loads of people have spoken about it. Um, and and it, I didn't realise that it, it is pretty small um, because it's in like a, I think it's in a, not a fort, is it? But it's it's like... A square type thing. It is very small, Chiang Mai. It's definitely walkable, yeah. the whole place. Yeah. Yeah. I think we actually tried that in one evening with all the food. So the idea was that we just went out one night and we were just going to stop at as many food stalls as we could because it seems that eight, eight o'clock comes and all of these food vendors start and it's all outdoor food markets um, just with people making noodles or fried stuff just absolutely just so much food um so that was that was one brilliant night it was just bumbling around eating as much as we could um yeah i definitely recommend that and i re- just really liked chiang mai 
Yeah, well, people don't realize that the like they go to a Thai restaurant or I really like Thai food. It's, 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 Thai food is regional and like mm. the food in Northern Thailand is, is, is amazing. And like probably summed up and epitomized by, by cow soy, which is like a curry noodle laxa type, mm. type soup. But cow soy is definitely on my, um, top of my favorite foods and uh, Chiang Mai is the okay. best place to get it. Yeah. Yeah. The food was really good though. Yeah. Um, yeah, as a just, I think we were only there for a couple of days. Um, but yeah, we I think is it in Chiang Mai as well where the cowboy, um, food mark food vendor lady is. She's um, become famous, I think, from Anthony Bourdain and stuff. I can't picture her, but maybe it is. You know, I think I think she was on Anthony Bourdain, I'm sure, and she's got like a pink cowboy hat. Is that where the, he goes? Like, does it, like goes carry, doing karaoke with? Andy Ricker. Uh, that sounds right. That rings a bell. Yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, I think just have, must must do. It's markets. I think either the food markets in Chiang Mai or is it um, Chatter Chat Market in Bangkok? Yeah, yeah, the huge one that you you took me to. Um, I think one of the one of the coolest parts of sort of Asian trips is just bumbling around these massive markets. Um, because there's just full of stuff that you've probably never seen before. Um, yeah, and that that market's definitely one of them. I I actually it's not on my um things I must eat, but I had the best ice cream I think I might have ever had in that market with you. Oh, the coconut ice um, cream! It was it was coconut ice cream. I think it was in a coconut coconut ice cream with coconut sprinkles, coconut jelly, coconut. Yeah. I don't know, everything. Every so, variation. So I coconut. coconut as well. It was, it was really good. Yeah. No, I do like yeah. a coconut yeah, ice cream. Um, mm. And you can get a nice cold beer. Like once you've done too much of the, of the jatterjack, go in one of the back alleys and some like little hidden bars and just yeah. get a really nice cold Leo after you've been shopping all day. Mm. So good. That is perfect. I um, Speaking of Leo, I think I, I went full um, backpacker in Thailand and bought a Leo um vest when I was in that market. Class. Wore it twice and <laughs> it never went any further. Uh, <laughs> I so, had to time and a place. Had to do it. See, I've I've never got over my vest phase. I I'm sat here <laughs> in vest and shorts now. Which is actually <laughs> true. Uh I've got a fleece and woolly socks on. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. In <laughs> this place of, rubbed off on you. In the place of renting it's uh, all bills included so Obviously, you just got the heating on. Oh, you might as well then. <laughs> 30 windows open as well. Windows open, shower running, uh, so got, got a bit of humidity. <laughs> it's great. Is Love that it. the hairdryer in the background? Hairdryer is on. on. Yeah. Mm. Washing machines on empty. Just just for uh, ambient noise. It's great. Just keep uh, it ticking over. So street food is like the active activity. You must do activity or like going to the market. Yeah. What, what in particular would be your number one dish to have in Thailand? Um, so I'm slightly contradicting myself, but this one would be, it, it's kind of street foody, but I've got the actual setting and um, yeah, I don't know whether you're going to be okay with this, but I'm, I'm stealing one of your recommendations. Go on. I'm putting it out into the world. So you can censor it anyway. You can cut it out. Um, but it's Jack. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's Jack's bar in Bangkok. Um, I think it's, too cool a setting not to pick really because it's 
surrounded by like the glamour and the as high sort of class as Bangkok can be with the five star hotels. Um, I think it's opposite a swanky um, shopping mall as well with all of the major labels. Um, it's literally but, at the base of Shangri La, isn't it? The Shangri La. Yeah, yeah. And then what it is though is like um, basically a shack built on a bit of a pier, isn't it? So it's all, yeah, basically. all wooden um, and it's a bar restaurant. And it's just, yeah, it's it's brilliant. It, it kind of sums up the, the quirky mix of all sides of Bangkok, really. Um, so that's the setting. And and my actual dish is going to be Pad See You. So I think I probably had that the first time <laughs> when I came over the first time and saw you yeah. um, with, with, with a fried egg or Kai Dao. Kind of remembered something. Yeah. yeah. Sat, sat on a plastic stool with some Somtam and a and a cold large bottle of beer, please. Oh, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? That would um, be, I'm, yeah, I'm hungry now. So pad to you is like the big flat noodles, isn't it? Cut with um yeah. like Chinese broccoli and chicken with loads of soy mm. sauce, dark soy. Um yeah. you can't beat it with a fried egg, a really runny fried egg. And if you're in Thailand, you say yeah. my suk, like kai down my suk, which is a fried egg not cooked basically so you get it runny uh and it's yeah it's pretty unbeatable especially with all the chili flakes as well yeah. just just piled mm-hmm. on top but yeah, yeah that's that definitely the yeah that's the one i think i'm guessing that wouldn't be far off what you choose for thailand yeah exactly i i do, I do like spending an afternoon or two in jack's bar and my favorite mm-hmm. restaurant's not too far up the road from there i think we went there actually one right. night the one that's right. um like on the crossroads and it's like on the main road but the food there is just unbelievable um yeah. can't think what it's called but is it an outdoor yeah. outdoor one outdoor one yeah yeah but again not too yeah, far from the, the shangri massive we had the huge river fish thing yeah yeah that's the one and we were there yeah yeah and, I, and we tried to buy t-shirts but yeah they let us down i think they did um, i got a t-shirt <laughs> from jack's bar though which i still got in my wardrobe yeah. now i think i might have turned it into a vest um, <laughs> shock <laughs> um, but yeah it's a good t-shirt to have so yeah that is good yeah Jay, you've, had, you've done your three countries now india japan thailand all asian countries which is yeah um interesting but um mm. you've also got this wild card country what would be your wild card Um, I thought I'd decided this until about five minutes before we started speaking. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you what it was going to be. It was going to be Argentina. Oh. Um, but I changed my mind at the last minute, um, kind of for a similar reason. So the one I've gone with is South Africa. Okay. Um, so both of those... For, for either of them could have been, but um, the reason would have been that I've never been to that continent. So I've never been to South America and I've never been to Africa. Um, but I, yeah, I went with, went with South Africa. As I say, I've never been to, never been to Africa and I feel like that is one place I do need to go to. Um, and with South Africa, you get a little bit of a mix of different cultures um, and still have the ability to go and do some of the wildlife stuff which I would like to do. Go and, go and see a big elephant and a giraffe. So 
you'd go, mm. you go and do like a safari while you're down there. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely go and do a safari and then spoken to quite a few people who've been, who've, who've done road trips um, around the coast and like the, the food's meant to be absolutely amazing. Um, and the places you can stay along the coast are meant to be amazing. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a, a, a mix there, but I didn't think I could go with Asia again. And yes, South America was just, just tipped to it. Yeah. So is there anything in particular, like, I know you can go shark diving in South Africa, but is there anything like why South Africa and not another African nation? Um, it's a good question. I think, I think maybe it's, it's one that I've just, I just know more about than others. Um, it's yeah. Like obviously the, the wildlife is, you can, you can go to countries to the North as well. Um, well, I think South Africa's got a mix and Cape Town, I, I do like cities. I don't know, they've all got a good mix of cities as well, but um, Cape Town's one city I've always wanted to go to. Okay. It's a good thing. And then obviously Joburg sounds like it's it's a bit of a crazy place. Um, that's probably another one I'd like to tick off. Yeah. But yeah, I think the, the safari thing's definitely, definitely something that appeals a lot. Um I've got a couple yeah. of South African guests lined up actually in the not so distant oh, really? future. So I'll let them know that South Africa's being chosen as a wild card. See what they say. Yeah. I wonder if St. Helens will come up in their choice. <laughs> you never know, do you? Do you think anyone will pick England from uh, outside of? Um, it'd be interesting to see. Like, it is a place that people do like, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. But it's hard for us to see from our own point mm. of view. Um, but like I'm living down in Cornwall now, which is is got some of the best coastline I've ever seen. Right. Like since Australia, like the the coast down here is okay. just is absolutely lovely. So it's not even a bad place to be stuck at the minute. Really, I love it. Mm. So thanks, yeah. Jake. We've had your three main countries in your wildcat. Before you go, I just wanted to ask you like some travel questions, if that's all right. Okay, look. What would be your number one travel tip for listeners? I think one thing that would be really good, and it's kind of come out with me trying to think about these, some of the stories around where I've been is either take tons of photographs or if you're more inclined, write down a bit of what you've done while you've been away. And maybe even like each day, because I it is I did start to do it when I was in Japan last. And it's massively useful because maybe yeah. more for me than others, but... I'm, I've got an absolutely dreadful memory. Um, so if I can look back at photos or even just read through just some scribbles of what I actually did, I do find that massively useful. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one that I do need to do more of. And I started to recently. That's a good idea. So like the keeping a travel diary or, but like you say, you took like 5,000 photos in Japan, which is... And they say a picture paints a thousand words. That's 50,000, yeah. 50, no, mm. 500,000 words. <laughs> the five, Sounds about right. Five. <laughs> Is this a bit where you, you just edit, edit yeah. it out and it's just That's you speaking over words. the right number. <laughs> <laughs> just say all of the options. Yeah, 50 million, let's say that. You've, you've, yeah. you've got about 50 million words in Japan alone. I'm a quick typer. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that is useful, even just like the little things of what you did, what was interesting. 
it's definitely something I'm going to do more of. I'm so bad at it. Like I said, I couldn't even tell you what year I went to Japan. And it wasn't as if it was like yeah. 50 years ago. It was probably like <laughs> three or four. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you how long I went for. Struggle to tell you Takayama. But yeah, yeah, I really would love to have kept the diary. But alas, I suppose mm. this travel bubble will be my travel travel diary. I'll just, yeah. uh, every so often I'll remember as a story and just, just tell it. Just edit it, so I'll yeah. just drop it in. Head <laughs> like an advert. <laughs> Today's podcast was brought to you by Matthew Dyers. Yeah. Here's a story. That's a good tip, that. Jake. And what would be your best souvenir you've bought while you've been away? Mm. I'm, um, I'm not really one for souvenirs, apart from the excessive photographs. And I'm actually shredded squid. Um, but... I think the only one that really stands out is, um, I, actually, I don't know where it is now. <laughs> uh, apart from the Leo vest, apart from that, um, when we, we went to China in, that was actually just over five years ago, Facebook told me. Um, it's, it was just over five years since we had a Snickers at the top of the um, Great Wall of China. Uh, we did. Um, How but, good was that China trip though? It was so good. It was. It was amazing. I, I remember I, think I put on Facebook, um, look yeah. who I've just bumped into on the, on the top of the Great Wall. <laughs> and it was a photo of me and you and an old woman uh, having a mouth bar. Yeah. And it was, a genu- people genuinely thought like, oh, look, it is a small world, isn't it? That we did just bump into each other at the top of the Great Wall. The 5,000 long, 5,000 metre long wall. 5,000 metre, 5,000 kilometres. You yeah. can edit that bit as well. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, yeah, souvenirs, though. I think it, on that trip, um, I think I felt like I needed to get something because I hadn't really. And I got a plastic gold German mouse statue. Um, nice. It's still in a cupboard here somewhere. And it's about, about 30 centimetres tall. Um, but, yeah, it, the kind of thing that somebody might have on the bonnet of the car. Yeah, I've, um, got, I've got one as well. It's not on the bottom of my car, but oh, okay. it's on my weird shelf. Yeah. So there's, this question comes from the fact that I've got like a weird shelf of all my souvenirs, oh. and that's one of my ones from China, my little German mouse statue. Are you going to release, release one each time? Uh, Tell us one. No, that'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Could do. Maybe I'll just do it every so often, just, just to keep people hooked. Yeah. I'm gonna I think ch- you should. I'm going to tune in. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Tune in now. <laughs> so that's that's your that's your like, oh, you say you don't buy many, but that's your favourite one you've bought. Um, yeah, that's the one that stands out. Okay, and um, what would be? Is there any countries that you've been to that you just knew, like, definitely wouldn't make onto the list that you knew? Oh, I'm definitely definitely not having that on the list. <laughs> um. Oh, is there anyone that's really hated? It's a bit mean. It's a bit of a there's mean question. Yeah, it is. I feel bad. Um, there's, a, there's certain like cities or islands I've been to as part, like, as an example, I, I'm not in a rush to go back to Tenerife. Yeah. Um, but I quite like Spain. But actually, Spain's off the list as well now, isn't it? So it's not like I'm allowed to go because I can only go to these four places. Yeah, you can never go um, to Spain again. Shame. Yeah, it's fine then. So uh, yeah, Spain. Spain's off. Oh. Um only be, only it's got it's got Tenerife to blame though. Like I love the rest of Spain. Just Tenerife. Um, just, you, just, you just yeah, hate probably pl- actually not even Lady Los Americas. 
Can't stand it. That is it just, yeah. Those two square kilometres has ruined it for the rest of Spain. <laughs> um, Class. It's a bit mean, but it's a, it's a mean question. It is. It's a bit of a silly question. I won't ask it yeah. again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, Jay, thank you for coming on Travel Bubble. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I go? Before you go? Um, no, no, no. No, that was really good. I like that a lot. Um, and you you pay for my trips to Japan, India, and Thailand and South Africa now after this, yeah? Yeah, it's it's all it's all included with, with the Travel Bubble uh, uh, podcast package. So um, don't have to worry I'm about happy that. To be part of. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I'm happy to be part of it then. And the good thing is, that was I, really good. I can go and probably cl- get taxed back. So it's like research uh, research purposes. Okay. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. I'm going to claim it back. <laughs> Great. So thank you very much, Jake. It's really, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you very much for inviting me on. You have been listening to Travel Bubble with me, Matty Dias, and my good friend Jake Lawrenson. If you've liked this podcast, do give it a share. Share the episode with anybody who you think would like it, like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram. And if you've got Apple or access to an Apple phone, go and give me a five-star rating. It really does help. So thank you so much for listening so far. I thought that was a really fun episode. Jake, uh, before I knew Jake, I associated him with, as a bit of a traveller, as a bit of a nomad. And he's, he's one of those people that does love to get about. When I first decided to move to Bangkok, I think Jake was the first person to book a flight to come out more or less straight away because he was that keen. And now he gets to travel with work and he does just love love going and seeing the world. And I, I love going with him when he does see the world. So I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you do like Jake's photography that you've seen on uh, Facebook and Instagram, check out his website, jakelawrensonphotography.com. And you can hire him to take photos of you, your face, your garden, your friend's face, your friend's garden. He'll do anything, really, for, for cash. Take photos of anything. So get in touch with him on jakelawrensonphotography.com. And he's just made a documentary, actually, about the Rufford Printing Company. And I never knew that I wanted to see a documentary about a printing company until I saw Jake's documentary. It really was great. And that's available now. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's worth a watch. I'm not just saying that. It is actually quite good. I was surprised. But speaking of films and documentaries, it's now time for the Travel Bubble Film Club. I could have actually made Jake's documentary the film of the week, but I'm not going to because I'm not mad. The actual film of the week this week is called Oleg, and it's a 2019 Latvian film. I'll read the quick synopsis here. A young Latvian butcher travels to Brussels in search of a better wage, but a series of misfortunes leads him to a life of crime. I think this is a a really good travel bubble choice. It's about a Latvian guy who goes to Brussels, gets tangled up with some Polish gangsters some bad polish people and it just shows you like the desperation of people trying to find work trying to find a better life and 
going doing jobs that they don't want to do abroad just because they can make a better wage. And it, it, it also brings up, like, it, it evokes feelings and memories of Brexit. I think at one point, the one of the man's dog dogs is actually called Brexit. So <laughs> it's quite quite blatant in places. But um, it's worth a watch. I really enjoyed it. And like I said, it's quite a multicultural film. And I do recommend you watch that. It's on Mubi, M-U-B-I. And if you do want to sign up to Mubi, hundreds of good films on there. You can do it through my link and you'll get a 30-day free trial. So that's the film of the week. And also the second film is Jake's uh, documentary about the printing company. Uh, but thank you very much for tuning in to Travel Bubble today. I'm, uh, I've got loads of good episodes lined up. It's a smorgasbord of good episodes coming up. It's, it's hard to choose what's coming out next, so I'm just looking forward to getting them all out, really. But if you want to support the podcast, like us, tell your friends, share it, and give us a rating, and appreciate it. And if you do want to get involved, send me a message, send me an email with your with your very own travel bubble choices. And if you know anyone that you think would make a good guest, let me know as well. My email address is matty at travelbubblepodcast.com. That's matty at travelbubblepodcast.com. I've been Matty Dias. My guest has been Jake Lawrenson. And you have been listening. Thank you very much.